This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Well, hey, everybody. Um, There is a group called the Cultivate Group. And I will make sure to put the link to them in uh, the chat below our live stream. And we'll also have it published on our podcast page as well. Uh, and the Cultivate Group is uh, a group of folks that I actually know really, really well from um, conference level youth ministries. And um, we have partnered with them to offer some coaching and cohort models uh, to dive deeper into the crash courses for youth ministry. When we wrote and published those crash courses, we knew that they would be intensely practical, uh, pretty easy to read within a day and put into practice like the next day if you found something really useful in them. And Cultivate saw those, loved the content of them, and we've had thousands of people download them. Uh, And we also know that well, just reading them on your own isn't necessarily the you know best way of learning or digesting information for everybody. So uh, Cultivate is going to open up and offer coaching and cohort programs that will be online um, or in person, you know, if or when the space allows to dive deeper into those crash courses on youth ministry and really give every youth worker that's out there a positive and solid foundation from which to kind of build their ministries. Um, So um, they'll offer a series of those. They'll be based on the same 10 crash courses that you can download for free from Young People's Ministries, uh, but really uh, dive deeper by using the expertise and the conversations um, and the relationships that get built through the cohort model. So I really encourage everybody to check out Cultivate and what they are offering Uh, to support the professional development and the wisdom and experience and, um, well, just overall like awesomeness of youth workers through their crash courses, uh, cohort and coaching. For a quick devotion today, um, I will keep it really, really pretty short, but I'll give you all one of my favorites that I like to pull out of my back pocket every once in a while. Um, It's part of the story of Moses. And uh, it actually comes from, well, I guess somewhere in the middle of his life story when um, it's after Egypt, right? So he has taken off from there. He's figured out a little bit of who he is. He's found a wife um, and his father-in-law has helped him become a shepherd, which is, uh, you know, super exciting, Um, except that it's not because shepherding is really hard work. You're outside, you're in the sun, you're chasing after sheep that don't really know what they're doing. You're protecting them from all sorts of predators and dangers while you're out uh, doing the shepherding. Um, But it's in that shepherding, it's in that hard work that Moses comes upon the burning bush and has sort of, you know, his first experience with God in a physical setting. Uh, And it's in that burning bush. It's, It's a fairly famous scripture and honestly looks really good when it gets translated to movies and things as well. Uh, so, uh, if you wanted to, you know, kind of think about uh, where this scripture would come from, this piece of the story of Moses's life, it's Exodus 3, 1 through 6. Uh, and you can also look up on YouTube or any other places for like film clips of this particular scripture that have kind of made it into movies. Uh, Charlton Heston's Ten Commandments has a pretty famous one. Uh, also, the animated movie Prince of Egypt has a really, really cool version of this. Um, with some really dramatic music and some great conversation between Moses and the burning bush as well. Uh, But when Moses comes up upon this burning bush um, in the middle of one of his very tough days of being a shepherd, um, 
it's mysterious. It's new. It's something that is absolutely different than his day-to-day experience. Um, And those day-to-day experiences as Shepard, like I said, are really tough. Um, Long hours, lots of danger. Um, I mean, we're talking sunburns. We're talking uh, wild animals. We're talking tough um, hiking and and areas to cover. Uh, And I mean, when you're out there, you just don't have all that much. You, You probably have your clothes that you're wearing. You've packed a lunch. You've brought some water. Um, you've got your sandals or whatever's covering your feet. And then you have your shepherd's staff. Uh, and that staff is actually a really, really important tool. It, it helps to keep a shepherd steady when they're walking on uneven ground. It helps them to uh, guide sheep or pull sheep back into the flock and steer them away from danger. Um, it can also be used uh, as something for defense or even a weapon if you need to defend off hungry predators uh, or protect yourself in some way. And so that shepherd staff really was a big deal for anybody who's out being a shepherd uh, at Moses's time. That staff probably would have been made of wood. Uh, and like I already mentioned, it's already one of the, the shepherd's most important possessions. Um, it helps that shepherd do their job effectively, and it's a constant companion. And honestly, when I think about a shepherd's staff, I find myself drifting back to maybe when I was in middle school or high school and being really, really bored in class. Uh, and when I was bored in class, I would doodle on my notebooks or whatever paper was in front of me. And so I could also see this staff being something that, you know, could create doodles in the dirt or the sand that would have been beneath Moses's feet. Uh, Or if he had something to kind of carve, he might've carved things into that staff as well. Um, And when you carve or, you know, draw art, when you're really, really bored, you start to kind of do the things that you think are really important to you and, and those things that are meaningful in your life. So, you know, putting your name on there, maybe important dates and favorite places, um, names of loved ones or family. And, you know, if you did something similar for yourself or you invited youth to do this activity as well, you know, think about those things that they would consider important enough to carry with them every day, because that's what the shepherd staff was. It was a constant companion, something that the shepherd had with them all the time. Uh, And if they carved names and dates and important places and mementos in there um, to kind of, you know, remind them of why they were doing the hard things that they were doing, it's really pretty powerful and sort of becomes a personalized symbol of that shepherd's life and existence. Uh, Now, I know I kind of went off on a tangent there with the shepherd's staff, but I'm coming back because Exodus 3, 1 through 6, Moses bumps into the burning bush after chasing down a sheep that has left his flock. Uh, And the the burning bush talks to Moses and said, "Uh, this is holy ground. You need to take off your sandals before you can be close to me and be part of this holy ground. So Moses has to put down his staff in order to take off his sandals. Now, that's not necessarily in the scripture. If you watch the video pieces and think about it a little bit, just practically speaking, you know that you would have to do that because if you're going to go through the unbuckling or the untying of whatever is covering your feet, uh, you're going to need to empty out your hands and put down everything you have. So here is this staff, Moses's life. Um, It's his livelihood. It's his weapon. It's his defense. Um, it's also this symbol of the people and places and dates that that kind of make up his life, his entire world. And so in taking off the sandals to get close to the burning bush, Moses also has to lay down his life and kind of set things aside. So there's this focus on God. Now, I know as a youth worker, it can be difficult sometimes because you're asked to carry so much love and so much care for so many different people. 
you have your family, you have your friends, you've got your personal life, and you also have all the youth and the families who are connected to you through your church. And my prayer for you this week, as we think about recharging and filling our own cups for ministry, is that you recognize the moments where you have a really great chance at a deep and moving encounter with God. And when you recognize that there's a chance to encounter God and be with God, I also pray that you know that you can set things aside. You can lay those things that usually make up your life to the side so that you can focus on God and really try to have a conversation. Talk with God, listen to God, um, and discover new things about yourself through that process as well. The other prayer that I'll add to that is that you also need to be able to recognize the times uh, where the people and things that make up your life need to be held tight. Um, The times where it's most appropriate to hold on to that staff and to lean on it for protection and support uh, and care because the people that surround us and the community that surrounds us, um, you know, wants us to do well. They want us to be supported. They want us to feel close to God uh, and to be effective in the things that we do because of our relationships with them and because of our relationships with God as well. So know the right times to pick up and hold tight to that staff. Know the times when God is asking you to put that staff down, to put that life down and open yourself up to be vulnerable and humble as you connect with God. That's my prayer for you all this week. Can't wait to see you um, next week with Jeremy. Thanks, y'all.